people. I want to welcome all of our campuses, not just Lone Tree, but Highlands Ranch, Castle Rock, Lakewood, those that live stream us. And in fact, everybody this weekend is actually participating in our vision of being a video church. You see, the technology allows me to be two places at once. Where am I right now? I am suffering for the Lord in Kona, Hawaii right now as you watch this. We're bringing our son Daniel to Youth with a Mission. We're excited about that. It's something that I would not let anybody else take my place in doing. So Chris and I are doing that. But this begins the uh, new series on blessing. And it's such an important series that I wanted to go ahead and record it myself and start the series. So you're part of the greater fulfillment of the um, video campuses and everybody this weekend participates in that. I had a couple of other things just as reminders too to talk about our belief campaign, which started in the very first part of January. You know, it's to um, expand downstairs at Lone Tree and over at Highlands Ranch. It gives us more office space. Uh, primarily what it does is it allows us the opportunity without spending major dollars to increase our ability to minister to children by 50%. So the total cost of our project is $1.2 million. We've raised at this point better than half of that amount of money. But here's what tends to happen in all projects. They hit that point where they all start slowing down. And then you're forced to ask, okay, do we borrow the money or what do we do? Folks, here's what I believe, that um, God doesn't want us to have to borrow that money, that we have it amongst ourselves to be able to pay this. So I want to ask for two things, that if you haven't been a part of our project yet, would you still pray about it? And would you get involved with it? If the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, take one of those pledge cards. You'll find it at the Connect, Grow, Serve table. Fill it out. We need two things. We need one-time gifts, which are absolutely crucial. And we need the monthly gifts, which allow us to keep paying for it. Now, not everybody's able to do both. So if you're praying and God just gives you one or the other, hey, pick it, choose it, get involved with it and do that. And then the second thing would be this. Maybe you have been involved in it. Uh, it is going so well, we want to be able to finish this project quickly. And here's where we are. We're already at the point of applying for all of our permits. And once we're approved on our permits, we can go forward with the project. And literally, our construction people are telling us it's a project that can be done in a couple of months, literally. Um, we can have this thing wrapped up by the end of summer if we all get involved in it. So if you're just sitting there and you are praying about it, maybe you haven't done anything, or maybe you have, and you could still be involved and help us finish it off, please pray about that. Help us finish this project off because we certainly don't want to have to borrow any of the money for it. And then the second thing, just quickly, that I, uh, I want to point out to you, on your seat, you would have found this morning or this evening, whenever you watch this message, you're going to find this card right here. This card is going to be important to you. Um, it is called the benediction. That's how you've heard of it before. It's actually from the book of Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 27. We had these printed up for you. And there's going to be homework that's assigned with this series on blessing. And the homework's going to be, you're going to read this blessing every day so that it becomes a part of you. Now, uh, if you don't have it out, that's okay. I'll refer back to it in just a few minutes inside of the message. And you can get it out then. But go ahead and grab onto it because you'll want to have it for when I get to that part of the message. All right. In your notes, under the introduction, it just begins this way. Um, I put our 15th year and I'm talking about the fundamentals. This is our 15th year in existence. We planted the church 15 years ago, 1998. And recently, um, as I was teaching a class uh, for young pastors, and I call it young pastors, but uh, actually it is all ages of pastors that join me. Once a month, on the first Saturday of the month, I teach the class. 
I've been teaching the fundamentals, the things that made Jubilee what it was back in the very beginning. There were things that we chose to do on purpose that were, were not just like, hey, nice things to teach on or things that we thought were important. These were the things that we said, this is what's going to make up our church. These are our non-negotiables. These are the things that we're going to preach and teach yearly. They're going to be a part of what we are, who we are. And when people refer back to our church, they'll always refer back to those are the things that Jubilee believes. Well, one of those things was the idea of blessing. And so we titled our new series, we're calling it Blessed. It's just a real simple one. What a great series for you to invite somebody to come to also. So for this uh, first part of the year, I'm going back, I'm reviewing some of our fundamentals. And the first one is on uh, being blessed. James 1.17 is a scripture that I hope you're familiar with it. It's one that I base um, everything that I believe about blessing on. And it reads this way, find it in your notes. It says that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of light. So let me begin by asking the question, do you recognize that every good thing you have, that you have in your life has come from God? You, you recognize God is a blesser. He is the source of all blessing, and all blessing come from God. Now, if you work for me, you think that blessing come from me. No, just kidding. The truth of the matter is blessing, blessing comes from God, even when somebody else is nice to us. That is God's hand in our life. That's what we need to recognize. So that nothing happens by accident and every blessing that you have is intentional. It's God's idea. God is a blesser. Now I put down a couple of free radicals. Here's, here's something that's kind of, kind of funny. Uh, I, I have started uh, working out again. I, I started praying when I got back from our vacation. I, I was praying about getting back in shape. I haven't worked out in a long time. And so I, I, here's what I said to the Lord. I said, um, I, I do well on the elliptical. You know, the, the, the thing that's got the two handles and the, looks like a ski thing that you do. I do well on the elliptical and I don't want to have to go over to the club. So this is what I prayed. I said, Lord, if you give me an elliptical, that will be a sign that I'm supposed to work out. <laughs> Perfect sign. If you give me an elliptical, that would be a sign. God is my witness. My brother calls me and says, I've got an elliptical brand new that we don't want. Do you want it? So I went over and picked up the elliptical, and I have been working out. So since I started working out, free radicals are something that I've read about. What are free radicals? They're little, uh, apparently they're bad things in your body that run free. They're bad cells. They're cells that can just turn into uh, cancerous things or other things like that. You want to get them out of your body. Well, I put them in the message for this reason. When I'm preparing the message, I had just a couple of free radical thoughts. They were just kind of running all over my brain. And I wrote them down. Here's the first one. I put down God is the source of all blessings. If you don't believe that, then everything I teach about blessing is going to be difficult for you to receive. You've got to believe that the idea of blessing doesn't come from any place else except God. God is the author of blessing. He originated and created blessing. Blessing is God's idea. It's not something man came up with. It's not something pastors came up with. It's not something the church came up with. It's not something your mom and dad came up with. Blessing comes from God. All of it is from him. The second free radical that I wrote down is this. God's plan and pleasure for your life is to bless you. Do you believe that? All right, now, I referred to this card that we had printed for you. It's going to be part of your homework that I want you to read this every day. So here's what we want you to do. Put this someplace where you're going to see it every day. Put it on the dashboard of your car, maybe right on the speedometer. For some of you, it might help you in more ways than one. Put it on your refrigerator. Put it on the mirror where you shave. Put it wherever you're going to see it every day. Number six, 
24 through 27 reads this way. And in fact, why don't you guys at all campuses read it with me because it's really important. I'll count to three and then let's read it out loud. One, two, three. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And then this last verse I had included because this proves what I just said about God wanting to bless you. The last verse goes this way. So they will put my name on the people and I will bless them. Here's where this comes from. God's idea for blessing came so far around in everything that he did that he told the priesthood the very last thing that you're to do. It's why it's called the benediction. The benediction is the last thing that takes place in a service. In all services, this is what was supposed to take place. The priest was supposed to read the blessing of God over the people of God. And then God tells the people why. Because when you bless them, you're putting my name on them. What does that mean for God to put his name on us? Well, name in the Hebrew means nature and character. When we bless somebody, when a, when a pastor in particular stands up and gives this blessing, he is putting God's nature and character upon the person. That's why I said to you, it is God's idea to bless your life. It's not my idea. God is a blesser and God's plan for your life is to bless you. That's why when you pray, you should automatically ask God to bless you. You should ask him to bless your family. You should ask him to bless the increase of your hands, your work. Everything that you do, you should ask God to bless because God is a blesser, the source of all blessing. And when we bless each other, we're putting God's nature or character on that person. Does that make sense? So it's absolutely important and critical. And that's why we include the last verse. I want you, when you read this, I want you to remember this is not my idea. To bless. This is not some softball message I'm pitching at you trying to take it easy in a message. Blessing is not some softball idea. Blessing is fundamental to a believer. And if you don't have blessing in your life, I'll guarantee you without blessing, you're not going to go very far in this life. Blessing is the thing that separates good from, from best. It separates average from above average. Blessing is that thing that's just, it makes all the difference. Well, let me teach a little bit about it here. We'll have some fun. All right, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. This is one I throw in here. Uh, this just goes more along the idea with whose idea it is to bless us. Look at this one right here. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles who are in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. All right, what is that saying? Jesus became a curse for us. We were under a curse outside of Jesus. Once we come into Jesus, the reason we can be blessed is because Jesus became a curse for us so that the blessing that God gave to Abraham would become our blessing. All right, what was the blessing God gave to Abraham? I will bless you and you will be a blessing. It is God's idea to bless us and in Christ, how many of you are in Christ? If you're in Christ, you are blessed. Again, this is no softball message. This is no little, hey, what a, what a neat idea or what a, what a little message pastor is preaching to us. The truth of the matter is the blessing of God makes all the difference in your life. It's your heritage. It's your inheritance. It belongs to you. And God wants you to have it. Yes. 
So if you are a believer, then the blessing, not only the blessing of God just, just being upon you, but the very blessing that he gave Abraham, which is come out from amongst these people. I'll be your God. You'll be my people. I will bless you and you will be a blessing. That is the blessing that belongs to you. So that everything you have, your children are blessed. Your marriage is blessed. Your job is blessed. My pastors, please. <laughs> you, you, hey, everything you have is blessed by God. All right, all right. Let me do this. I put it under the transition point. See if this makes sense. Let me give you a theological treaty on blessing. I'm going to preach from Genesis to Revelation in five minutes. Genesis to Revelation in five minutes. We'll see if it can be done or not. We'll, we'll try to find out. Okay, here's, here's a treaty on blessing. In creation, go back and read Genesis. Uh, look at God when he, when he begins his creation. As soon as God creates nature, the very first act of God over creation is to what? He blesses it. He blessed the animals he blessed the plants. He blessed the trees. Everything that he created, God blessed. And then when he blessed man, he said, this is a, it was the pinnacle of God's creation. And he doubly blessed man. He doubly blessed man. All right, Noah. You remember that the Bible said, God, God speaks to Noah and says, how long will my spirit strive with man? This is after the fall of man. Noah was the only one who found grace and favor in the eyes of the Lord. So God decided to, to start from scratch. He's going to wipe out the earth. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So Noah builds an ark. Noah's on the ark for I don't, you know, more than a year. When Noah gets off the ark, here's an important issue. The very first thing that God did for Noah was, does anybody know? He blessed him. That's what God did for Noah. All right, so Noah then becomes a huge character in the Bible that we read about. Move on from Noah. The next major character that develops in the Bible is Abraham. I just talked about Abraham. God comes to Abraham and gives Abraham a covenant he never gave to anybody else. Come out from amongst these people. I'll be your God. You'll be my people. I'll bless you and make you a blessing. That's the blessing we receive through Jesus. So Abraham is blessed. We're blessed. Then you move along in scripture, and the next one that we read about, we, we, we move into all of the, the ancients that are the ones we look to. So Abraham has a son. His name is Isaac. What does Abraham do for Isaac? He lays his hands on him, and he blesses him. Isaac has a son. His name is Jacob. Jacob, how did Jacob get his blessing? He stole his blessing. The blessing was so important. Listen to this. The blessing was so important. Jacob's mother realized he wasn't the firstborn. He was a twin, remember? He had a twin brother. His brother was supposed to get the firstborn blessing. Now, the firstborn blessing, I'll touch on this in just a second. It's an important blessing. But the firstborn blessing is that you get everything, and then the secondborn gets what's left over. It's not a very fair deal. So, so here's, here's what happens. Um, Jacob sneaks into the tent. His father is old puts on goat skin because his brother was hairy. He, he, he goes out in the field because here, Jacob was a dweller of the tents, right? And his brother was a dweller in the field. So his brother smelled like a huntsman. Jacob smelled like a tent, apparently. <laughs> Said he's a dweller of the tents. I don't, that sounds... Weak. That, does, that is not like the thing you want said about you. His brother is a huntsman, and you are like a tent dweller. I don't, that's not like the blessing you want. So 
Here, here's what his mother does. His mother tells him, what you need to do is go into your father, disguise yourself, and get your brother's blessing. So, so Jacob goes into Isaac, and Isaac lays his hands on him, gives him the blessing of the firstborn. Then when his brother comes in to get the blessing, his, his dad goes, hey, I already gave it to your brother. And he goes, well, take it back. And he says, I can't do it. Once the blessing's given, it can't be taken away. That's important because once you're blessed, you can't be cursed. If God has blessed you, the devil can't curse you, man. You are blessed. This goes to that, that Proverbs that says, a curse without a landing place or without a reason finds no landing place. If you're blessed, then any curse the devil sends against you has no landing place in your life. That's important. So, so we have Jacob who, who, gets, who gets the firstborn blessing. Then Jacob has 12 sons. And you remember that two of his 12 were, were, were two of his favorite, Joseph and Benjamin. Okay, Joseph ends up in, in uh, Egypt, rises to a high level of command in the nation of Egypt. Joseph has two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. He takes them to his father, Jacob. For their blessing. And this is what he does. He lines up the oldest by his father's right hand and the youngest by his left hand. So that the oldest gets the firstborn. The right hand is the hand of blessing. Always remember that. The left hand. If, if you ever read about the left hand of God in scripture. This is not the hand you want God to deal with you with. <laughs> the left hand is the hand of judgment. Check it out. The right hand is the hand of blessing. So, so what Joseph does is he lines up his sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, oldest to youngest, so that all his father has to do is reach out and put his right hand on the oldest and his left hand on the youngest and give the blessing. But his dad does this. While reaching out, he switches hands and he puts his right hand on the youngest and his left hand on the oldest and he gives the firstborn blessing to the secondborn. What in the world does that mean? What did Jesus do for us? He's the firstborn. We get his blessing. God reached his hand out and instead of blessing Jesus, he blessed us. And what did Jesus get? He got our stuff, didn't he? God is good at switching hands. God gives you, listen, blessing is all the way through the Bible. It's the most amazing thing you will ever find. All right, so we, we've got the 12 sons then who grow up. The next, the next major character in scripture that we read about is Moses. Moses is given a covenant by God. This is important. In Jesus, we're not given Moses' covenant. We're given Abraham's covenant. Moses had a good covenant, but Abraham's covenant was a better covenant. In Jesus, what does the Bible say? We have a better covenant through Christ than the one given to Moses. Moses had the covenant of the law. Here was the law's covenant. If you do this, I'll do this. That's the covenant of the law. Here's the covenant of Abraham. I will bless you. I will be your God and you will be my people and I will make you a blessing. Here's what God says. As for me, this is what God said to Abraham. As for me, I bind myself to you no matter what you do. There's the difference in the covenant. The covenant of the law is if you obey, then I'll bless. But the covenant that Abraham got was this. I will be your God no matter what. Tell me who got the better deal. We get the better deal. 
It's an incredible blessing. All right, so we move through. Moses then teaches on blessing, and he teaches the blessing to his, um, his brother-in-law, Aaron. Aaron is the high priest. This is where this comes from. So this blessing was read to the people. No matter what was preached to the people, the high priest would always read this blessing at the end of it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Here's how he would do it. The high priest would raise his right hand and he would pronounce this blessing over the people. So even if the message was a difficult message, God wanted the final word said to his people to be the word of blessing. So the high priest would raise his right hand to signify God's blessing on you. Here's what's interesting. All of the people who heard that and wanted to be a part of the covenant would raise their right hand. So it was like swearing an oath or an allegiance or an alliance to the covenant. While the covenant was being read to you, here's my promise of blessing. The people would be receiving the blessing. Does that make sense? So blessing goes, I mean, it's just all the way through the Bible. It's just the most incredible thing if you ever study it out. All right, let's move on then. We, we, we'll come into the New Testament quickly. And the very first act of God in the New Testament is that he sends the angel Gabriel with an announcement of the birth of Jesus. Do you remember how Gabriel announced to mankind the birth of Jesus was going to happen? Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. God begins the New Testament with blessing. Jesus, the life of Jesus. I defy you to find a Jesus who is not blessing the people in his ministry. Wherever he went, the Bible would say, we, we, we don't pay attention to the things that read very quickly. We always read on the major issues, but here's, it'll, it'll say things like, he reached forth his hand and blessed them. Whenever he'd get little children in particular, Jesus was a blesser of children. Here's, here's the last act of Jesus on the earth. After the crucifixion, after the resurrection, as he's being ascended into heaven. This is what the Bible says. I wrote down the reference in your notes right there so that you can see it. Okay? Um, it is Luke 24, 50 and 51. This is the last act of Jesus on the face of the earth. The Bible says he stretched forth his hands and blessed his disciples. And while he ascended into heaven, he was speaking blessing over his disciples with his hands raised. All right, all right, so get this. The first act over creation, what does God do? He blesses. The last act that Jesus does on the face of the earth is he blesses. Move on through the Bible. I read you Galatians chapter 3. Jesus became a curse for us so that we could be blessed. Paul teaches on blessing. He teaches on the blessing of Abraham all the way through. Then we come to the book of Revelation. And Revelation finishes with the blessing. And here's the blessing of the book of Revelation. Blessed are those who are looking for his return. Yes or no? So the Bible begins with blessing. It continues with blessing. And it ends with blessing. And again, I teach you this. I, I have not done justice to, to Genesis, to Revelation. But I did do it in five minutes, didn't I? Huh? All right. I didn't do justice to it. But I only pointed out to you that the Bible is full of the idea of blessing, isn't it? All right. All right. If, if you agree with that, if you believe that's true, then let me teach you personally some things that might apply in your life that maybe as... Now remember, 
we've got a couple of weeks, a few weeks, we'll develop this and we'll get personal as we talk about this. And so all of our campuses, it's not, this is not a one-shot message where everything you ever wanted to know about blessing, you got it right here. This is only the beginning. And in fact, this first message, I'm trying to be as wide as I can be to get as many people as I can involved in it. And as we go along week to week to week, I'll become more narrow and more narrow of how this applies to you and how you can live out the blessing in your life. In fact, I probably should have started the, the message this way by asking if I could teach you how to walk more and more in the blessing of God, would you want to do it? I mean, who wouldn't? All right, that's what this is about. I can teach you God's blessing is on your life. Whether you know it or not, God is blessing you. But if you don't know it, you don't respond to it. You don't act on it. You don't call it forth. You don't, it's like, I don't know if you've seen, um, there's that commercial with, I think it's the Secretary of State right now who comes on, and I'm not even sure that he's running for office, but this is what he says. My job is to reunite people with the things that belong to them. And so there's this number that you call to find out if you've got a lost bank account or a lost safety deposit box in, in, uh, in Colorado. I don't know about you. I've got, I've got a savings account and a checking account, and I, I, I would like to lose them sometime, but it, it would be impossible for me to ever forget about what, how, anybody else like that? I don't have enough to forget about it. This guy comes on and says that there, I, I, I think he says it's something in the neighborhood of $50 million that is sitting in an account in Colorado that he's trying to get back to people who, who it belongs to. Here, here's my point. They don't know it's theirs. So they're living without it. Legally, it's theirs. And legally, they would be well, they could go buy whatever they wanted to buy. They could go do whatever they wanted to do if they knew they had it. But without the knowledge that it belongs to them, it sits there and they never access it. That's this. This is like having so much in the bank and you don't even know it's there, so you never access it. Legally, it all belongs to you because of the work of Jesus, but if you don't know it's there, you never go to access it. Make sense? All right, all right. So let's, let, me, let me show you then Genesis uh, 1, 27 and 28. This goes back to the very beginning. So, so look at it here. So God created man. Come back with me one more time. Listen to it. So God created man in his own what? So we're created or stamped in the image of God. Image does not mean, if you've heard me teach over this over the years, image does not mean arms and, and hands and fingers and legs. In fact, we make a, it's a disservice to God to paint him as a human. The truth of the matter is we're not supposed to ascribe to God a form like that. It makes an idol out of him, believe it or not. God is a spirit eternally existing. So when it says we're stamped or created in the image of God, people have taken from that, that that, that means that God then has, you know, eyes and a nose and a mouth. And, and there are places poetically, it refers to God having that, but it's not what it means. When the Bible says we're created in the image of God, here's what it means. We've been given certain attributes that God has. I mentioned one one time, that we are creative. Uh, nothing else in nature has the creativity like man has. 
Birds can build things, but they're not creative when they build things. They're pre-programmed to build things. That's why a bird nest looks the same today as it did 2,000 years ago. Bird never goes, I'm going to build a two-story split level with a three-car garage. Bird never thinks that. Bird just gets a twig and builds a nest. How much has architecture changed in the last 50 years? Cars. How much have cars changed in the last 10 years? We were created with attributes like God has. One of those things is creativity. Okay, this then becomes important. If, if God is a blesser and God's act over mankind, first and foremost, is that he blesses us, then when the Bible says we're created in the image of God, one of the attributes we're given, like God, is to be able to bless. That's why when you are praised, Dan, when you are praised... It does something on the inside of you, doesn't it? There's something about, not flattery. Flattery, flattery turns my stomach. And I don't know if, if anybody has that experience. I, maybe because of my position, I get so many people who use flattery as a means to a relationship. Flattery turns my stomach. You can tell when someone is being fake in what they're saying, can't you? But when someone gives you a genuine compliment about what they see in you, when they praise you or they lift you up, doesn't it speak to something deep inside of us that causes us to want to become our best, doesn't it? We want that thing that's spoken to, to come, we want it to rise to the occasion. That's the power that God is, that's the attribute that when we speak, so pastors, every pastor, listen to me, this becomes important. If a pastor doesn't understand the concept of blessing, he stands up and beats his people up as opposed to blessing them. So what happens to his people after several months or years of sitting underneath a particular individual? They develop a mindset based on the mindset of the individual who's teaching them. And if he's under a cursed mindset, then he's taught them the cursed way of living. If you do this, then God does this. That makes sense? So somebody goes, okay, but doesn't God, isn't there that if we do this, that doesn't God want us to be obedient? Yes, but isn't obedience the thing that God writes on our heart through relationship? Isn't what I'm supposed to do different than what you're supposed to do? Aren't there things I can't do because of who I am that you can do because God's never spoken to you about? There's not a list, is there? He writes his law on our heart. So yeah, there's blessing in obedience for sure. But here's what Jesus said. I'll remain faithful to you even if you're not faithful to me. That's blessing. That, that's incredible. All right, I, I, I'm sorry to pull away from the scripture. Let me, let me go back to it. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God, what did he do? He blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. It's a powerful scripture. Normally when it's read, it's only read under the idea of most people looking at how God created. They're not looking for secrets to the blessing. I'll give you four quick things that you need to know from these few verses on the blessing. Number one, you have the ability to bless like God. 
Now, you are not God. So here, here's the difference. God can create from nothing anything that he wants. He speaks into the darkness and creates the light. He, he talks to what's not there and it's there. You don't have that power, but here's the power that you do have. If you're a parent, you get a child. A child is an unwritten, unformed blob. Forgive me. It's not, it has, it's not formed yet into what it's fully going to be. You, in essence, begin to speak into the void of that thing. And what you speak over and over and over and over and over begins to draw forth a picture or a reality that comes in the life of the child. So let's go on the negative side of that. If a child is told over and over again, you were an accident, we didn't want you. You remember, I was teaching at Youth with a Mission when I had a little national Chinese girl come up to me. I've, I've shared this testimony, I don't know how many times. And she comes up to me and she, was, she said, I was born out of wedlock at a time in China when not only was that, was that a no-no, but girls were not wanted. So she says, my father abandons my mother. We go to live with my grandfather. My grandfather names me and he, she shows me the Chinese character. And the character is the character of an enigma or a mystery. Or, or really what, what it stood for, she said, this is what it means. I'm not supposed to be here, but I'm here. So every time he would call my name, he'd call me this little Chinese character. And she said, I have this identity where I walk into a room. She goes, I go to the back of the room because I don't feel like I belong. She said, I don't want anybody to even know. I never raise my hand. I never speak up. I never, I never let anybody even know I'm there. I don't feel like I'm supposed to be there or belong. It developed an identity in her. So I'm teaching on who we are in Christ. And I'm teaching part of this right here. That we're stamped in his image. So we have worth just because we're stamped in his image. Amen. And I'm teaching that. This girl comes to me after class. She's crying. She shows me this, this tapestry. She actually gave it to me. And she says, take this. Tell people my story. But she says, my middle name in English is Lily. And she said, do you know what Lily means? And I said, no idea. She said, Lily means beauty from innocence or from purity. And she said, from now on, my name is Lily. She starts getting stronger with this. So she turns around and she announces to the class, don't ever call me. And I can't, I can't remember what her little, this Chinese, she says, don't ever call me that again. My name is Lily. She gets stronger with it. All right. A few years go by. She is now a leader inside of Youth with a Mission. She invited me back to teach just this last fall. I brought several pastors with me to help me teach this class. You all had the chance to meet her. She is the most outspoken, outgoing, beautiful young woman that you could ever hope to meet. And when I describe who she was versus who she is now, people can't believe they're the same person. What was the difference? She got the understanding of who she really is, who she was created to be, and we were able to speak into what was messed up and bring out of that thing correct order. So that, all right, on the negative side, you tell a child all the time you're not wanted, they develop uh, uh, an attitude of, hey, I don't fit in. How about this? What if you were to bless your children every 
day. And you actually got personal with it. And you began to tell them, here's why God created you. Here's what you're good at that no one else is as good as you are at. Here's what I see. What if you began to tell them, this is your inheritance. This is your blessing. What could happen in that? Oh, it changed their life. Well, who says that? The daughter who was my firstborn, who got her blessing, who holds on to it still. All of my children, I wrote blessings for them and they use them even to this day. And here's the funny thing. Now that they're adults, those characteristics have come out in their life. And here's what they refer to. They refer to their blessing and the thing that I spoke over them when they were little before they ever saw those things. They'll refer to, well, you always said that I was a leader. You always said that I was a commander. You always said that I could do anything. And those, it's the most amazing thing that's happened that's come back out of them. We have the ability to bless. Now, this is important. The blessing in Scripture, listen to me, is spoken. I'm going to read it to you one more time. See if you catch this. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God and God said to them. So God blesses, and when he blesses, he speaks. I want you to hear this, especially fathers. Every father in the room should pay attention to me right now. The higher the authority, the more important it is that the authority speak. Here's what happens to most authorities. They have the blessing in their heart. It's not that they don't want to bless or that they don't believe in blessing or that they're not wanting to bless their wife, their children, their friends. But it is hard, listen, for men to speak the blessing. You almost have to practice it. You almost have to get by yourself and hear yourself say it. It's easier for men to correct with criticism and to motivate with criticism than it is to try to motivate with the blessing. But when God blesses, he speaks. And when we bless someone, it's not enough to just feel it in our hearts. It should come out of our mouths. Do you agree? Every pastor who has a person underneath them on their staff, you can feel the most wonderful things towards the people on your staff. But if you never tell them how you feel, how will they ever know? Can't read your mind. Husbands and wives. I, I can tell you, I, the way that we're married 30 years is to practice the blessing. Every time I come home, she calls me handsome. Hand, hey, handsome. What are you doing, handsome? What's going on? God, you know, I know the reality. <laughs> you know, I said a few weeks ago, I, I had to take my coat off in here. And I said, I don't want to take my coat off. Even though I'm hot, I'm hot right now. I don't want to take my, my coat covers a multitude of sin. That the, the, that my, what's my machine called? Yeah, my elliptical hasn't taken away my sin yet. I know, I know the reality. I know, I know the reality. Here's, here's the point though. She has reinforced in me that that's the way she, we have the most amazing relationship with each other. And people, here's what people say, you're lucky. We are not lucky. We were not, I don't believe in the love at first sight thing or that you happen to find the one person who was created in all the world for you. Here's what I think. 
You develop out of what God gives you a good thing or a bad thing. Here's what I'm going to teach in the next week. In Matthew 12, 33, Jesus said, make the tree good and the fruit will be good. Make the tree bad and the fruit will be bad. You get to choose what the tree is and you get to choose the fruit you eat in your life. The devil doesn't choose it. No person chooses it. You get to choose it. And the context of Matthew chapter 12 is the words that we're speaking. I'll prove it to you from scripture. We'll talk. You do not want to miss that one. That was good. All right, second one, we're going to run out of time. So let me hit it quickly. All right, the first one, you have the ability to bless. Number two, the blessing contains the seeds to success in it. Everyone hear me on that. Ladies, listen, when you are dealing with your husband, when you, when, uh, if, if you have a business, bless your business, bless your finances, bless Bless your boss. Here, listen to this right here. The blessing contains the seeds to success in it. Again, I'm going to read this to you. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the earth and the sea. He gave us dominion through the blessing. The blessing contains seeds of success. When we begin to speak that, we are speaking success. So bless your boss. Why would I do that? Because you want to be blessed. Here's the question. Is cursing your boss working? We'll leave it there. I put under as, as the important point. How do you want it to be successful? Okay, I put the it in quotation marks. Here's my question to you is you get to decide what the it is that you bless. How do you want your marriage to be blessed? Speak that. How do you want your finances to be blessed? Speak that. How do you want your relationship with God to, what do you want it to look like? Speak it. Jesus said, my words are spirit and truth. Proverbs says, life and death is found in the tongue. You get to pick the it and you get to put the blessing on the it. How do you want your friendships to look like? Speak it out. Did you get it? Three, the blessing is the difference you need. I put under the note, what do we call it when we see someone who stands out in a crowd? What do we call that? We say they're blessed, don't we? Let me give you a great example. Colorado, it got to be our favorite athlete. I mean, has to be instantly Peyton Manning. Okay. The Manning brothers, how rare is it to make it to the NFL? Rare? How rare is it to be a quarterback in the NFL? How rare is it to have two brothers make it to the NFL and both be starting quarterbacks who have won Super Bowls? Trace it back to a father named Archie who's a believer and listen to what Archie did for his sons. When they were little, he used to tell them how blessed they were. He used to tell them, you're both going to play in the NFL. You're both going to win Super Bowls. He used to speak. He was an NFL quarterback for the Saints. And the guy never, ever, you knew the Saints in the 60s and in the 70s. 
I mean, he's speaking by, you talk about an Abraham, this guy's speaking by faith. They never won anything. But he speaks to both of his sons, you're both going to play in the NFL, and you're both going to win Super Bowls. And I'm just saying to you, you can say anything you want to. How many big athletic men are there in the world? Millions? How many brothers come from families of, of you know, good stock where they're, I mean, they're athletic. Why did these two guys, why did they get separated heads and shoulders above everyone else? Look, you can come up with whatever theory you want. I'm just going to tie it to the one that I'm picking. Go back and read Archie Manning's, read his autobiography. He blessed his sons early on and used to tell them often, you're both going to play in the NFL, you're both going to be quarterbacks, and you're both going to win Super Bowls. And I'm telling you, the blessing is the difference maker at times. When everything else is equal, what makes the difference? God opening a door for you that no one else can open. Do you agree with that? How about if you're going for a job? Here's where it becomes important. You're going for a job. And there's candidates that have better education and a better pedigree than you have. Why should the door open for you? Because if God opens the door for you, no man can shut it. If God claims it for you, if you hold on to your, if God says it, dude, it doesn't matter what the competition looks like. It separates you head and shoulders above. Does that make sense? I, I, I find that to be brilliant seeds that God has hidden in the scriptures that we read without ever, the Bible says that he hides it for wise men to find. He hides treasure for wise men to find. All right, number four, give you the last one. The blessing is supernatural when God is involved in it. Here's the difference between blessing and well wishes. Listen, the difference between blessing and well wishes, God. You could say the exact same words. I hope you do well versus in the name of Jesus, you're going to do well. I hope you're successful versus God created you to be successful. I hope you make it versus you have the image of God stamped in you. God called you to be more than a conqueror. You're more. You're not just a, you're more than that. It makes the difference, huh? It's the supernatural. I just put down critical. Without God, it's just good wishes and nice hopes. All right, here's the homework. Here's what we're doing. Here's what I challenge you to do. You hear the message. You, you, you have the chance to ask yourself if I taught scripture or I taught my opinion. There's a world of difference between those two things. If I taught scripture, then I need you to agree with me. And if you agree with me, then here's what I want you to do. This little card right here, I think, contains an opportunity for you to begin walking in the blessing. Every day, you should read these words. The Lord, make it personal. The Lord bless me and keep me. The Lord make his face shine upon me and be gracious to me. The Lord turn his face toward me and give me peace. And every time I'm saying this, I am putting his nature and character on my life. 
And then you go, well, why would I say something like that? Why would you say anything else? Why would you say all the ugly things about yourself? Or why would you leave it to chance? Why wouldn't you claim what belongs to you? So every day for the remainder of this series, I, I'm, I put it to you as your pastor. If I am your pastor, all, listen, every one of our campuses, you have these, get them, get them to your house, put them in your car, put them on your refrigerator, the bathroom, wherever, read this every day and claim it. You need to renew your mind. You've got to do it every day where it becomes the way that you think, the natural inclination of your mind needs to go towards the scriptures and towards what God says, not towards what you think or what the world says. And remember I said this, renewed people, renew churches, renew churches, renew cities, renew cities, renewed states, and renewed states change a nation. We have no chance as a nation to the people of God begin to think the way God called them to think. It'll never happen. So, challenge you with that. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to walk in what you have for us. You are a blesser. You've called us to be blessed. And it is your will, God, that every believer walks in blessing. I'm asking right now that every person in this room would consider whether or not this is a matter of having a renewed mind. And if you sit there and you go, why don't I think that way? I'm telling you why you don't think that way. Because your mind is not being renewed. You have the chance to renew it and you renew your mind with the scriptures. You take it and you eat it and you make it a part of your life. You get it inside of you. You say it. You believe it. You think it. So in the name of Jesus, I bless you. As your pastor, I bless you to get this message. I bless you to understand it. And I bless you not to just say, oh, that's a nice message or that's a cute message or what a softball message. I, I instead, I dare you. I dare you as your pastor to take me at my word and find out whether or not God is a blesser and whether or not he wants to bless your life. And find out the difference that it makes in your life. People are not just lucky. People are blessed. Find out the difference and walk in the blessing. I pray that you would ask for it and that God would bless you. And I tie that to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.